Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to my call to here at webmasterradio.fm. It's the 23rd of July, 2015. And, uh, you know, if you, if you count by the school calendar, summer's almost over, friends. Get outside, enjoy some suns, get away from your desk. Take your girl, take your guy, take both your girl and your guy out for a picnic. Just go have some fun after the show, of course, because we got a fun show today. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Dave, how are you doing today, brother? I am doing fantastic. How are you, Jim? I'm excellent. Um, I'm excellent. It's a gorgeous day here in Toronto. I am in town for maybe 18 hours on the outside. Then I'm heading up to Muskoka to spend a delightful weekend at the cottage fishing. I'm oh, going well. fishing, Dave. That's what I'm doing. All right. Well, that uh, sounds like an all right thing to do. I am not. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I listen to you. I sit here... Month after month, jealous that you've like buggered off to Whistler again. So I'm going fishing for a weekend, and you know that, that, that I'll, I'll be thinking about you, Dave. Well, that's that's good. I mean, I know I have to wait because I don't get to go to Whistler until it's like I don't know the seventh of August. Oh my goodness! How will you? I know. Start? Well, you know, anticipation's good for the soul. I've heard. Yeah. Says somebody who's never had to anticipate anything. I can only assume. <laughs> well, actually, that's not true. I've been sitting here, like you, and like everybody else in the SEO community, anticipating the return of Panda. Yes. And uh, this would be about the time for that theme music there, Studio. This is our our new Panda theme music has just come through. We had it um, specially recorded. So, as you know, listeners know, um, Google is uh, releasing a, uh, as of last Saturday, actually, released what they're calling a slow roll, a slow rollout of um, the Panda quality score algorithm. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you wrap your brain around this, David? First of all, do you, have you seen anything? Have you seen any gains? Have you seen any weirdness in the search results? Um, any, any of your sites performing better? Uh, you know what? I have seen some fluctuations, um, and it, it's been interesting because I noticed some real gains and losses, and it was funny, on the same sites, including my own, where, like, I'd panic because I noticed a phrase lost, which is what happened first, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, but then these actually more competitive terms were, you know, up for. Okay. Um, and then, of course, you know, notice that, and it's like, oh, is something starting? Um, and this is before I, I'd seen the official announcement, so I started looking, and a lot of sites just nothing like we're running ranking reports again right now and yeah there's some ebbs and flows but um nothing really really dramatic which is on par with what they're talking about as you know like it's a slow rollout um and i think something worth worth mentioning and and i know you know this but for our listeners sake is that what we're dealing with here is a panda refresh as opposed to a panda update so it's more a, a case of using something very close to or exactly the same as their last um, you know, the, the panda we've all been dealing with until now. 
Um, and it's a sort of like a, a repush and, and recalculation based on on the metrics we already had, as opposed to the addition or removal of, of metrics or, or major adjustments in, in how they're weighted. So I was like almost a case of, and Jim, I don't know how you feel. I, I'm interested to hear how your clients are doing. To me, it's a lot of almost much to do about nothing, right? Like it was this big buildup for a refresh that's affecting 2%. And I'm not okay. even seeing it affected a lot. Okay, well, well, first off, you know, you, you, you know what? I, I'm, I'm the first guy who screams BS when Google comes out and says, well, this is only going to affect 1% of the search results or 2% of the search results or whatever. Because yeah. in the Googleverse, everything is connected to everything. Right. A link, a link to a site that links to a site that links to a site will have an effect on, on every site that's in that link chain. Even if it's just a minor, a tiny, tiny, tiny infinitesimal effect, it'll still have an effect. So when Google comes out and says it's only going to cover like 2 or 3% of the index, that, that doesn't compute for me. It might only directly influence, um, say, 1 out of 50 websites, sure. But that influence will have a cascade effect. Um, remember how people were downplaying mobile Geddon or the mobile opalops? Yeah. Well, I mean, in reality, we the the Mobileopolis, Mobilegeddon, had a far larger effect, both on desktop and on on uh, in mobile search results than uh, than uh, than people initially uh, realized or initially sussed out. So I think we're going to see the same thing with this rollout. But here's what really hurts my brain, Dave. So <laughs> <laughs> really twists my gets my brain's panties in a twist. I can't figure out how Google could do a slow rollout of this uh, of this filter. Like, what I think is Google's going to be using this filter over several months, and it's going to be constantly churning and rechurning, and probably adding to the filter as it goes along, as you know, as it as it as it tests the result sets that it's creating. And say sometime in October or November, they'll they'll announce, oh, Panda four point uh, four point one point two is done, and uh, but in that whole time, we'll have seen this algorithmic algorithmic filter. It's not. You're right. It's not a full update. It's it's just it's just uh, something that's they're slipping over their general algorithm. We will. I think we're going to see constant volatility between now and then. I think you're right. If I have to guess, and I, you know, on a lot of this stuff, we're guessing based on some of the stuff they've been talking about lately and that SEOs have been talking about lately. If I have to guess, uh, I'm guessing that they're trying to add in, in in this specific update, uh, machine learning into the equation is what I'm guessing is going on. So I'm gathering that they're sort of pushing it out and then adding it because it was so long. So obviously a lot of development was going on. Um, behind the scenes on on this on this algorithm, it didn't really do a lot. We're c- calling it a slow rollout. My hunch is is that we're bringing in some machine learning and some machine adjustments of the factors um, to sort of play around with with the results, which would certainly explain to me um, why they'd be saying, "Hey, it's months." If they're now setting it up for you know behind the scenes automatic, uh, well, you know, sort of adjustments based on click through rates and stuff. Okay, this is this is almost like stabbing yourself in the leg with a pencil, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, so, if we're talking machine learning, are we talking like LSI, latent semantic index? Is is Google going to be like going straight into the um, the meat of the context, the meaning of every individual word on page, and trying to suss this through? 
Well, I mean, that's a great question. To me, and, and, and it's funny because you're making me think of it a, a different way. When I first said it, what I was thinking of is more an adjustment of rather than trying to read better necessarily, which I think at this point they would need on a more manual end, but I, I could be wrong on that, of course. Um, I was thinking it more in the context of them taking what they already have on that on that area, right? Like that's what Panda, a lot of what Panda was about was on that initial understanding um, and, you know, trying to understand the language. Well, of course, that's taking a very elaborate algorithm with a lot of factors. So if you now let the bots in there or, or you know, whatever they've got, I call them bots, right? I know that's totally the incorrect word to use. Um, but if you let the machines after that sort of go, okay, well, this factor is weighing in at 2.3184. Again, totally making up numbers. You know, and then increase it by... okay now what happens measure the click-through rates okay now let's try this with you know adjustments on different factors across different uh, verticals trying to adjust themselves for click-through rates on site times right like move it more to hey if our machines can make these adjustments um, and then factor in after the fact you know how's the click-through rate how is the on-site time you know things like that um it would explain to me why after such a long period of time it's rolling out over many months. It, it would explain why that process is taking place. For our listeners, I'm not saying that's the case. This is my hunch yeah, uh, yeah. as to what might be going on. And, and obviously there's a lot of other possibilities. It's really important to note to listeners and, and people, you know, people who are reading uh, material out there at any of, the, any of the various trade journals, right now, no matter who you are, you could be me, you could be Dave, you could be Dr. Pete, you could, you could be Rand Fishkin. This is all speculationville. <laughs> like, we don't know. <laughs> but, you know, we're checking the, checking the signs and, you know, checking the SERPs, checking uh, Google Webmaster Tools, uh, the tool formerly known as Google Webmaster Tools, Google Search Console, mm-hmm. etc. You know, we're, we're, everyone is checking everything they possibly can to try to figure out exactly what this, you know, new iteration of Panda is. But it's going to be like a few weeks, or, or if you're to believe Google, a few months before I think anybody's in a position to give definites. Yeah. But what we can do, and you know, this is as, as, as helpful as uh, any SEO wants to, wants to let it be, we can talk about what Panda has done previously, what Google says they're trying to accomplish with these um, updates or, or, or algo filters, but again, anybody who, who, who says to you, I know exactly what's going on, and probably the SEO champion. That's <laughs> funny. I was just thinking of him. <laughs> it's probably much like SEO champ, who knows all 83 points to Google's algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Panda is the quality assurance algorithm. And now quality covers a bunch of stuff. Everything from uh, uh, site structure, page load speed, um, number of ads the uh, user sees on page, the quality of your content, etc. I mean, there's you think of anything else that uh, that that Panda covers, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, that's you know what I, I actually just got an alert to, and I want to talk about something else from uh, from our show. But yeah, that, I mean that basically covers. There's you know what again. Taking into account, and this is why, I mean, you, you had adequately um, sort of poked a, at, at the SEO champion. Of course, each one of these areas has so many nuances. And I think that <laughs> I try and remind myself of this. I know you do, too. And we give Google a hard, hard time all the time. 
about these things. And, you know, I, I uh, had a chance uh, last week while at MozCon to uh, revisit uh, my good friend and yours, uh, Jeremiah Andrick. So Jeremiah! <laughs> I, I did, yeah. He, uh, he showed up for uh, for one of the parties. Anyway, we had a had a beer with him, but um, and really, it reinforces or, or what we had talked about, Jeremiah, you and I. Um, you know, when we were having that dinner together, some I don't know, it was like two thousand eight or something like that. Really covers what we're talking about now, which is it's really hard to build a search engine, and there's a lot involved. So even when we're talking about what Panda covers. Each one of these areas, A, there might be stuff we're not thinking of, um, and each one of these areas because of the nuances of language, the way language structures on a page, synonyms, antonyms, right? like all of this stuff they have to factor in. Um, each one of them has so many different areas and they can't do this manually. They need to, to automate a, a lot of this structure, obviously. There are billions upon billions of pages on the web. They're not going to have somebody look at them all. So, yeah, I mean, minor adjustments in, in factors can have both negative and, and positive effects. So I think we have to be patient when things like this roll out. Like when, when it was announced and I was like, really? That was it? <laughs> and then I have to go back and remind myself of Jeremiah's wind, wise, wise words. Do you know how hard it is to build a search engine? And yes. go, yeah, that's right. And there's a lot. And if they're wrong, you remember the Florida update, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. If it goes wrong, um, it can be enormously costly. So I, I – I, I sympathize with, with what they're having to deal with right now in, in dealing with so many people and so many people who are going to be outraged if things go wrong. Um, I, I'm kind of excited. I, I, of course, I hope I'm right because it's awesome to be right. Um, but I, I hope I'm right more, uh, more than just the ego that would be right about it, but going, hey, that'd be awesome if you can actually sort of automate a part of this more taking into account, hey, if we adjust things, uh, and you know, I hope I'm right on this, what is the user take on this, which is going to put a lot more power in your and I's hands and webmaster's hands to go, okay, this is actually going to weight even stronger things like click-through rates, titles, descriptions, you know, that sort of thing, um, you know, and the other elements on, on localization and stuff, if it can put more and more power to that and more and more power, giving really giving the power to the user, which is what I think they're trying to do, um, I think that'll have huge, huge benefits for us because it's easier it's faster to impact the user than to bulk link build or something like that. Well, the, the, the link build, oh my goodness. Like, every, okay, I, the link build uh, makes me think of Penguin, which there are many in the, in the search world who believe that Penguin naturally follows uh, 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 Panda. But, you know, there's, there's, there's indicators that it does, but that could also just be Google's churn cycle, Google's uh, 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 engineering work cycle, right? Penguin, incidentally, nobody knows when another penguin's coming. Don't ask. We don't know. Nope. Don't ask Google. They'll just look at you funny. I'll, I'll note, sorry, just on this, we do know there, there's one thing, and it came out of, out of Google because you're right. They obviously get asked, and they did respond that, and I love it. It's like the word imminent that you, uh, you started using. They're putting it, quote, unquote, as some time away. It's some time away. Some okay, time the, away. The, the nuance, of course, being we're not dealing with like a week or two, like as historically as regularly happened. Not every time, but regularly it's followed shortly after. Um, but now we've got it as some time away. I have to wonder, are we now dealing with many months and are they trying to do, again, this is assuming I'm right, which I totally may be wrong on this, but if they are trying to uh, put a, a higher level of machine learning behind the Panda is that now what they're they're working on? Are they sort of waiting for 
for Panda to sort itself out and then deploy some some new strategies and, and new um, abilities into Penguin as well? And, or is it more uh, eventually we're going to actually roll these things in? Because I'm sure you remember about a year and a half ago, they were like, hey, we're rolling Panda in. There won't be any more Panda updates. Well, we just had one. So that tells you how <laughs> successful that was. Uh, <laughs> so are they pulling these things in? We'll see. There's a lot of discussion out there in SEO forums and in the Facebook groups and stuff asking if Google if Google is broken. I'm telling you, man, I think they I think Google broke itself and we're seeing them fix it now. Honestly, like this this you got you got people hanging out there who uh or I'm talking about Penguin now, you got webmasters hanging out there who got just destroyed in the last, you know, last link evaluation, and that was what, back in October? Yeah. And it's been almost a full year now. It's been well, nine months. And, I'm, again, speculation, folks. I'm figuring we got another three months before something, before Penguin does roll around again. That's a whole year in Google purgatory. How many businesses, like, are no longer businesses because of this? Well, and I think you touched on it. I think you're 100% correct in that they're trying to fix themselves and wouldn't implementing a, a faster, more, you know, ongoing, you know, aspect of paint where, you know, the machine is learning as it's going along, that it's picking up the nuances so that they can, then can just roll it into a sort of autopilot. It's just always running. Um, you know, how much would you love that and how, you know, because it is, it is unfair. Uh, Give me an Everflux world. I love Everflux. At least then you can work on something with the confidence that the work you do will in you know, three days to 10 days time have an effect. Well, indeed. Or even, you know what, even take me back to the old Google Dance days, right? Where it was every four to six weeks. Well, that was predictable, <laughs> at least. Like clockwork, you just sort of knew when it was going to happen, and, and that, was, uh, that was handy. Okay, uh, something grab- I, I just got an alert, and, and, and oh. so I just got a, like a, a confirmation, and if I can at this point in the show, because I know we got to go to break in a minute. I just want to give an, a, Pardon me? Breaking news alert. Um, I got a, uh, a confirmation from Dwayne Brown and the studio let me know I, I had done two awesome, awesome interviews with two people I was dying to speak to. Uh, Adrian Vendor from Internet Marketing Inc. and Dwayne Brown from Unbounce. Both of them gave awesome presentations, awesome interviews. Um, unfortunately, I don't know what was going on with my mic because I used two different devices for recording. Both of them sound like hell. I'm going to be having both of them on next week. Well, I'm going to be trying to rope Adrian in. Um, Dwayne has already confirmed. So just want to let uh, – an apology to them if they're listening. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be uh, – I'll be trying to drag them kicking and screaming um, onto the show. Well, Dwayne, I already know, can be dragged kicking and screaming onto the show. So we got uh, some some great, great, great stuff coming up next week as well. Yeah, I guess is um – Last week, last week, I wasn't around last week, Dave. Did you, did, you, did you guys actually do a show or it was a rerun? No, I was pre-recording and I sent them across um, and uh, George had said, hey, one of them didn't come through right. Was there, did you do some editing on it? Um, I was like, no, I, no, I didn't. Um, and so I knew there was, one of them was, was a little bit sketchy. I was, I was going to look into it after, but there was too tight on time. Um, and then, yeah, there, there just wasn't enough material to cover it. Um, and now, uh, just before this show, um, he had let me know that, yeah, neither of them sounds great. And you know what? These guys deserve um, to be heard clearly, and, and our audience deserves to hear what, uh, what they have to say. There was some, some great material on, on tags and, and things like that in there that are – I learned a lot, um, and I assume that our, uh, our listeners could, could benefit a lot too. So I'm going to just drag them on, and we can, so, uh, we can ask so them Mr. the questions. Mr. Brown's coming on to talk about Tag Manager, is he? 
Because that's good. We need that. Like uh, this is something. This is something SEOs really need to learn to learn how to use. Um, one of one of our repertoire is fix is fixing or adding tag manager so that people can get correct analytics. And you know, it's, it's sites that uh, 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 other SEOs have touched. It's it's hard to believe, but they didn't have tag manager set up. We lost Dave. That's what happened. Oh. You know what? This is a very opportune time to go to a commercial then. It's uh, 22 after the hour here on 23rd of July, 2015. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined again by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Um, I'm sorry, Beanstalk Internet Marketing. You're listening to call it. You're back. Yeah, we, we lost we lost a, a rotor. It lost power. It got, now it's, we're good. <laughs> sorry about that, folks. Thank you, BC Hydro. Um <laughs> Okay, anyway, folks, we're going to be going to a commercial. Stick around. we got some interesting stuff coming up. We're going to be talking about content delivery networks and SEO, um, XML sitemaps, and uh, Google Search Console, Google Maps, um, uh, 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 Google wanting to get right inside your brain, and what happens when you have an HTTP site, an HTTPS site, and they both have the exact same score. What do you think happens? We're going to talk about that here in Webcology after these breaks. Stick around. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. Be back after this short break. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio. T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. 
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the host Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 23rd of July, 2015. Um, Dave, I just want to do a little bit of house cleaning here. we got some programming notes for the, the weeks ahead. Next week, we are reviving MozCon with uh, two speakers from who were, who were at MozCon. Um, Dave tried, excuse me, Dave tried interviewing them last week and, you know, due to uh, technical difficulties and maybe like, you know, pocket lint or something covering the microphone. Um, uh, Dave, who are you bringing on next week? I'll be bringing on uh, Dwayne Brown from Unbounce. I'm an Adrian Vendor from Internet Marketing, Inc. Um, and, yeah, Dwayne had covered remarketing, something I'm super interested in. And Adrian was, uh, was chatting with me about some awesome, awesome uses of Tag Manager yeah. uh, and, and trackability and, and some of the things that it does that people don't know. You can access a lot of data um, that you don't even know you can access, some, some really, really great stuff, scrolling on page, things like that. So, so there's a lot of – both of them were really, really interesting. I was dying to speak to both of them. I got a chance, but our listeners didn't get the benefit of that. So, uh, so yeah, well, it's, it's funny when when uh, you guys lost power uh, a few minutes ago. I, I was just saying that we get so many clients who were worked on by other SEOs because recently worked on their websites, but nobody thought to set up Tag Manager. And as you said, there is so much data you can get on user behaviors. Oh, if, yeah, if no. you just do it right. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no. There's there's some great, great, great information you can get. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm super super excited. And you know what? I I won't talk about what they talked about. People just have to listen in next week. Okay. So there's one thing. Another thing. There was a really sad story that came out of uh, New York City last week. Young woman who started a who you know was CEO of a of a startup um, committed suicide. Jumped off a 30, uh, 30 uh, story building. And that's opened a conversation about entrepreneurs and uh, mental health, mental illness. And, you know, Dave, we have not uh, – we've done a show on, on, on the stress of, you know, being in business and mental illness. I did a couple of years ago. But we haven't touched that subject for a while. And, um, you know, I just, I just mentioned offhand that we might be doing it. And I got, I got so much support on Facebook for doing that kind of show that in a, f- a few weeks, and, and we haven't, you know, got anything set up yet. I think we should. What do you think? You know what? I, I think it's always a good idea. The, the, the stats are out. And you know what? It, it did lead to an interesting conversation. And it's probably a lot of our listeners. It tends to be stronger just by um, people who have difficulties uh, tend to become entrepreneurs. I'm not saying like, incapacitated difficulties. I just mean, you know, their stress affects them differently and, and things like that, that that lead to events like this this woman um, wandering off off the building. Um, and they tend to become entrepreneurs, which is like a weird dichotomy, right? This is the most stressful environment that you can be in, and yet it's attractive to people who um, may not be able to deal with some of the stresses. I mean, you know, let's, let's be honest. You and I both been business owners. We both still are. There are stresses you didn't predict, right? There's a lot of them. <laughs> like there's just things happen over, you know, I, I've been doing it a decade. You've got to be close to them. Probably the same, right? I mean, uh, these are, you know, there's, there's challenges and, and, and stresses that you didn't predict coming in there. 
And I think that may be part of the problem. So I think that would be a great show to have to just sort of prep people for, you know, here's, here's what you have to be aware of for yourself. Well, um, and and in how to deal with them, and maybe uh, uh, you know, for people who are just entering entrepreneurship in our listener group, uh, you know, here's some of the stuff that's coming up, and and you need to be ready, uh, yeah. you know, that you need to be prepped for, and understand that this is not working for yourself. Isn't just hey, I set my own hours. It's not. <laughs> not even close. You know, Business Insider suggested that 49 percent of on, of entrepreneurs that they surveyed, and they, they did a survey of about 250 uh, entrepreneurs, 49 percent of them, so basically half reported, self-reported mental health issues. Right. Predominantly depression. Much higher than the average. Like yeah. that's almost double the average. So, so this is something we're going to be looking at into the near future. And, you know, we, have, we, have, we haven't done a show on affiliate marketing in, uh, it has to be four or five years since the last time we touched affiliates, eh? Yeah. I'm really curious about how the new Google universe has um, affected affiliates. What opportunities are out there? You know, I haven't even thought about the affiliate world in uh, in several years. No, I'd like. I'm, I'm I'm really curious. So Linda Woods contacted me. She was a major a major affiliate manager a few years ago. Left the business for a while. Gotten back into the business. She was a speaker. Remember when Webmaster Radio was uh, was organizing AFCON? Yeah, I sure do. That was a great convention. Linda was one of our staple speakers. Great person. And uh, we're going to have her on in late she August. She actually hosted a show after this show for several years. Darn, that is right. She's a former Webmaster Radio host, too. Um, anyway, so Linda's going to be coming on in late August. So there you go, folks. We actually have a plan. Whoa. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> we... <laughs> We've actually got guests for the next few shows. Uh, oh my goodness! I, I just noticed a note in the uh, in our in our internal chat window from the from the studio. Chris Perello is periscoping while walking on a treadmill. Um, <laughs> now the okay, fact that Chris is walking on a treadmill isn't so interesting as Chris Perello is still broadcasting. Oh, you're kidding me! Really, Dave? That was the same building? Yeah, it's the same building. Um, we have had so many parties at that bar. Yeah. Well, that's I terrible. Know. Okay, well, I don't want to think about that. That's, 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 that's just going to get me all bummed out. I do want to talk about something else controversial that doesn't involve life and death, although it, it, it might if you're a webmaster sitting on the edge. Have you? I mean, you must have. You've, you've, got, you've got more than enough clients that you've come across a client that uh, is using a content delivery network, a CDN, yeah? Oh, of course, yeah. And now, before I get into this, this is this. Remember the old days when you used to when we used to like criticize like Flash and then all those guys from micro, Micromedia would get, would like totally get up our our butts on our blogs and stuff. Yeah, same thing's about to happen. So I apologize to you ahead of time, Dave. <laughs> but every CDNer out there is about to go after me. I don't care. Questions being asked, and you know, world fam- world famous SEO auditor Alan Blywife. I think we should refer to him like that from now on, A, because it's very descriptive, and B, because it'll annoy him. You know what? And I'm going to jump in because uh, he says hello. He was at MozCon as well, by the way. Says hello. <laughs> so much love and respect for Alan, um, listeners. So this is, a, this is a Canadian way. When you really love and respect somebody, you go out of your way to try to annoy them. <laughs> it's our way of saying It's our passive-aggressive way of saying hello. <laughs> anyway, world famous. Uh analytic auditor, Alan Blywife, 
wrote a uh, blog post or a, a, a Facebook post the other day complaining about content delivery networks, which I thought was completely apropos to my world because I've spent the last two months fighting an invisible... <laughs> could have been a ghost. For a while there, I thought it was a phantom. Uh, maybe it's a panda. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure that the uh, Nargadies that I've been fighting have been coming from a specific content delivery network. Removed our client from that network 12 days ago. Boom. Not an instant recovery, but we're having a, a staggered, steady, like 3 or 4% a day recovery after getting away from the content delivery network. Have you ever had any weird experiences with CDNs where, you know, it's, everything should work right, but it all goes south? Uh, you know what? Not to date, but in the context where you're able to. I've only worked with, on a scale enough to actually go, okay, you know, I, I will notice big differences. Um, and there's only been a few of those scenarios that, I, that I've been operating in. In the ones that I have, we haven't, there hasn't been a huge problem that we've seen. So I guess this isn't a global issue, right? They haven't had problems with images being pulled from them, content being pulled from them. You know, we haven't had those kinds of problems. Um, but I've never been in a position where I could go, Hey, but what happens if, right? Like when you're dealing with, as I'm sure you know, as long as there isn't a problem, you can't go, hey, I'd like to see gains by completely changing the way you entirely build your multi-million page website. <laughs> like, I can't do that to people. Um, so I have not had that opportunity, as you just did, um, to actually move stuff. I've never seen things cause a big problem, but uh, that's not to say, and I, I'd, of course, be interested to know who who you're using but maybe we don't want to declare because you don't want it that flurry i'm not saying that on air and i will i will say this on air 99.9 percent .9 of the time using a content delivery network will not be a problem for you yeah uh and you know just to, just to very quickly uh uh the fastest primer i can give on a content delivery network you get you get your same ip you know you get one ip address you might be sharing it with a few other websites which is always kind of a dicey thing because you never know where you never know where those other websites have been right yeah um but what happens is the content delivery network basically makes a clone of your website and puts it up on servers all around the world. That way, when a, a request comes, say, from uh, Shanghai, there'll be a content delivery network server in Hong Kong rather than your, than your uh, server that's sitting in, like, say, on Rackspace in Utah. So it's Not much faster for, for Shanghai to connect to Hong Kong than it is to hop across the ocean and back again. Right. So if you got one of these like a serious massive e-com site or a multi-million page site or whatever, um, the content delivery network will give you um, dramatic uh, decreases in page load speed, which is an important factor, of course, in, uh, in mobile and in, 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 in Google rankings. But, right. if you, <laughs> but if you set it up wrong, you might... And this is, this is what happened to us. And there's a, there's a number of other factors I'm not going to get into because it's completely boring, but... We got hit with with what I'm positive, you know, especially now that we've done this experiment by by stepping off the CDN. We got hit with with a duplicate content penalty. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, you know me, Dave. I'm I'm insanely conservative when it comes to my SEO strategy. Yeah. So if there's even a, a hint of duplicate content, I'm all over it. It drives me crazy. I can't, I can't have that. And we got hit with a dupe. I've never been hit with a dupe content penalty in my life. And that was because 
a DNS entry was set up, you know, under normal circumstances, it would have been cool. This time, it led into this really weird loop where Google was clearly perceiving duplicate content um, entirely because we were on the content delivery network. Now, uh, listeners out there, please, if you've got any stories about this, I want to hear them. Jim at digitalalwaysmedia.com, please write me because um, I went looking for information on this. Eh? Now, I know, I know that um, world-famous analytic auditor um, Alan Blywythe is on this. Um, we're on this. I went looking for information, and the only information I could find out there is like two years old. So this if this needs to be updated because I'm positive there's there's got to be other SEOs out there banging their heads against their desk and not knowing what they're looking at or what they're looking for. That's very interesting, Jim. I will be so interested to hear what uh, what you guys come back with. Yeah, I might even write an article again. Brilliant. Yeah, I hate writing. God. I know. almost as horrible as looking in uh, Google Search Console formerly known as Webmaster Tools for all you Prince fans out there and seeing that your sitemaps are all screwed up (laughs) (laughs) you must have done that it must have happened to you last week Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about that in the website (laughs) yep so Google Google was screwing up uh, page counts in XML sitemaps for like two weeks there. <laughs> could you, ima- could you imagine like the, the pretzels people twisted themselves in, wondering where the hell the rest of the sites went from the index? The oh, the yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'm so like I have to worry and I have to think this was going on is people seeing that panicking. Fair enough. Yeah. I understand. Um and then all of a sudden racing to do a bunch of stuff, right? Like, which, which we all do. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's hitting the fan. Uh, now what? And then doing a bunch of stuff. You know, especially if you're newer into SEO, not going, okay, let's, let's read up on this first, but just panicking going, ah, I just lost 20,000 pages or something, and that's like 80% of my site. You know, in we go. And doing stuff that would, A, be unnecessary because it was a glitch, and B, might actually cause problems <laughs> like anytime you just do stuff without understand like without a purpose i um, mean this wouldn't be a purpose you would have a purpose but it it would be the wrong purpose you were given the wrong data I, I have to worry about that i mean hopefully it didn't cause those too many of those kind of problems with a with a dropped index but i could see people changing their navigation or something like that load <laughs> right and it's like oh you might be shooting yourself in the foot on one hand just to solve a problem that doesn't exist well, and that, and that, well, as it turns out, the problem didn't exist. Or it did, but it wasn't your problem. It was Google's problem. Um, but yeah, I, I, we didn't react because, I mean, it's like, like you, we're, we're old bunnies. We've been doing this for a while. You don't react to anything for a couple of days. Yeah. Just, you know, just, just in case somebody made a, made a mistake or an advisory is going to be coming out or, It'll just probably just straighten itself out. Right. You can look at your sitemap file, go, they're good. <laughs> Done. Uh, uh, anyway, it's funny. Well, same client that was on the CDN. Yeah. For weeks, every couple of hours, their sitemaps would go back to pending. I know, eh? Man. And, then, that, and now hours would, later, I'd take a look and they, had, they were indexing all the pages again. Go back a few hours later, sitemaps are all pending again. I'm like, what the hell? 
Um, again, this was the CDN throwing Google into a weird loop, but I learned about the XML sitemap issue last week, and I was trying to put put my head together to figure out if that was Google. Please, we have enough stress in our lives. Heck, forty nine percent of us are depressed. What are you doing? <laughs> okay, whatever Google's doing, it's really interested in what you're doing. I love that story that you sent over. Um, out of uh, QZ, QZ.com, QZ.com to uh, people in the English-speaking world. Forget forgetting, Google wants to index your real-world experience experiences and make them all searchable. Guess what's back on your nose, Dave? <laughs> you know what? I got some on right now. They just don't have a camera. Some glasses. Whoa. Did David <laughs> McKenzie Kong get Google glasses? Oh, I'll bet he would. He'll, he'll be laughing in about three, 30 seconds as the signal comes to him. Yes. <laughs> and, it, and, and if so, how did I know it was him? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, anyone who's getting the next version of Google Glass might have um, an interesting, perhaps a Willian feature. Google is going to put a... Uh, a watch, a timing device inside of Google Glasses. It was just awarded a patent uh, earlier or, or yesterday that outlined a method for recording for recording video using a camera mounted on in Google Glass that can use the time that an experience happened. The, the, the time becomes searchable. So, say something happened at like nine fifty-five a.m. You could go back in your um, your Google Glass memory, type in, you know, 9.55 a.m., and that experience will play before your eyes. Weird, huh? It is kind of weird. And, and you know what? That actually syncs up with a, with a map experience that they're now um, launching in for, for mm -hmm. people who use Android devices. I'm seeing the Google Glass as a push not so much to you or me or users. Um, personally, I'm seeing it if, uh with more real-world um, employment-based events. Um, let's imagine for, uh, for a second a world where police had these, you know, on, on their glad, like that this was part of their equipment. You know, some are wearing them on, you know, like a breastplate, wearing cameras and stuff like that. Okay, now to be able to go to a specific time index um, that's held at a third-party location. Um, and, and not just that. I mean, there's, there's lots of things, right, like where you could be protecting yourself or, or just monitoring by specific time where that would be an important factor. Yes, I'm sure there will be people who just go out and get them, but I don't think that's their target here. Um, to me, their rollout, and I mean, maybe their their long game, but I, I don't think it's their short game. To me, their everyday person was an announcement on uh, Google, basically Google Maps, um, letting people now go back and remap their steps, right? Like you can, you know, going in and sort of tracing, um, you know, where you were, because of course we know that Google knows that and actually watching where you go and these sort of things. But then pulling into that data, if you took a picture um, with your Android camera, now it knows specifically where, when you were as well, because, you know, all that's on, on the image um, and the image upload. So actually able to show you as you're traveling. On. Now, I'm thinking this is, would actually be kind of neat. Like when I was, you know, in, in Europe a couple years ago, it would be pretty neat to be able to like, oh, where was I specifically in Stonehenge when I took that picture or whatever, right? Like to actually, to actually sort of track that stuff. I view this as a more real world application of the same core technology idea 
Um, as the glasses, I think the glass is getting a little more sophisticated for your everyday user. Again, you and I both know people who will get them, but <laughs> I, I don't think your everyday person is is going to get them. I think that is more of a professional application, whereas I think this side of things is more meant for the, the everyday user who just wants to snap some pictures, doesn't want to look a little creepy walking into a place with uh, with Google glasses on their face. You know, and but but still managed to record and, and watch where they were, what they did, and you know, especially yeah, as I say, for vacations, I, I love that. I don't really care what I do on a daily basis. I know I hop on a bus, I get to work. You'll see me sitting in the same place and pacing around my office for like, you know, nine hours, and then you know, you'll see me go home. Um, but uh, but I think that has a more uh, an everyday user application. Okay, we I, I I really want to respond to all that, but I can't because we got to do a break. We're seriously we're we're pressing time here. So, friends, it's the 23rd of July, 2015. This is Webcology and Webmaster Radio. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk and Search Marketing, this is Jim Edgerton, Digital Always Media. Stick around. We're going to dish on Ashley Madison coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Reinventing keyword research. Simplifying campaign optimization. Redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com. That's S-P-Y-F-U.com. And start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 23rd of July, 2015. We've only got a few minutes uh, in this last segment. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff we wanted to get into, um, but I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we're just not going to have time. One thing I do want to touch on uh, the uh, the 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 news that came out of uh, Google most uh, about uh, what happens. Gary Ellis covered uh, what happens if you have two websites. One is uh, 
behind it, a secured socket layer. The other is just HTTP. And they come in a rankings tie. Dave, who's going to win? HTTPS. <laughs> if you've got a secured site, everything being equal, if your site is secured and the next guy's isn't, you're going to win. Yeah, you will take a two- or three-day hit when you go HTTPS. That's going to happen because you're, you're feeding Google most essentially a new URL. But Google figures it out awfully quick. So if you haven't um, upgraded to HTTPS to, to getting behind a secured socket, I don't know why you're waiting, but you may as well do it soon. And here's yet another reason, too. If you come in in a tie, the HTTPS is the deal breaker. It's the signal that's going to give you that extra bump. Yeah, and I think I mean something that uh, that I would add um, to to this discussion because there's two ways this could be taken, right? When you say HTTPS acts as a deal breaker, um, one way is if there's an absolute tie, Google pulls in a new uh, factor, right? Like so, if all is equal, right? Like let's let's start looking at some other information. So there's there's that possibility. Um, there's also the possibility that it is a general factor that's always there, just weighted so low that it's really only going to kick in uh, or, or matter if there's an absolute tie. So is it just that its weighting is so low that it wouldn't really matter except in that event? Or is it a case where they wait for a tie to bring this in as a factor? Do you remember you know, a few I mean, months ago? Just a few months ago, we were being told if you didn't go HTTPS, you were going to be cyber screwed, eh? Yeah. Yeah, and you, you know what's funny? Actually, that was a, one of the, the topics that was being chatted about over at MozCon. I believe it was Dr. Pete, but there was a lot of good speakers. Um, and basically, he called it right, um, that basically it was a case of uh, Google really just needed us to go there. <laughs> yes. So, so they told us it was going to – it was like having the mobile site, right? Like it's, it's yes, factors kicked in. Yes, it did matter, um, but it wasn't as big as what they were presenting it as. But they needed they needed everybody to move because they needed this good environment, and so you know it's it's you know we can say whether it did or not. But this was definitely a case where it did not have the massive impact that people were expecting it to. A lot of people, from the way they were wording it, I know myself included, were expecting it to be like a light switch, right? Like, okay, this is a deal breaker. It needs to be over here. This is going to be significant. They're because you know, they were telling us that basically. Okay. Now it's like, well, it's a tiebreaker if everything else in our eight hundred plus uh, factors, if all those even out, then then this matters. Well, that's you not remember, really a big remember when you were a kid and you were sitting too close to the TV and your grandma looked at you and said, "Your eyes are going to be square if you keep doing that." <laughs> well, that's what Google's like. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the same time, you know what? It's the right thing to do anyway. So one thing, and, and you bring up a really good point for our listeners who, uh, who are thinking about switching right now. Um, and, and, you know, I've got one I'm thinking of specifically who's in a summer-based travel sector industry. Just oh, wait. <laughs> Just wait. Yeah. Wait till the late fall. Uh, yeah. Get it done. Because you're right. There's, there's going to be a, at least a couple-day hiccup. They are pretty fast on this. Don't forget to add the new version into Webmaster Tools if you want to keep pulling some you know, the, the accurate data you should have. If you have your site in HTTPS, I mean, Google's recommendation, mine too, I'm sure yours as well, you need four versions of your site in Webmaster Tools, both www and non-www of both HTTP and HTTPS. Um, and it shows, I'm sure you've seen it because you probably got these over. You'll actually see some different data in different. One of them definitely has almost all of it. 
But I've actually seen different data in some, and I'm like, all right, well, that's unique. Okay. In, in, in cases like that, you know, honestly, you can't trust. Search Console picks up everything. Doesn't it mean this is actually what's happening on the on the on in the SERPs or in Google's index, or actually, if it's even an indicator of the health of your site, just it picks up everything. Yeah. Like, for instance, uh, uh, links directed to your site, you might have half these things in a disavow, but Google still sees them as links. Doesn't mean that they're counting them. Right. That's a very um, very good point. And they don't show you all of them. They have all. They don't show them all to you. Indeed. Google drives me crazy. Yeah. Okay, we got, we got just a few minutes left. Ashley Madison, the, uh, the uh, affair, you want to have an affair website, got super hacked last week. I mean, they didn't just get hacked. Their entire membership base, all their data got stolen. And credit card information. Everything. 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 Nude pictures, um, people's fetishes, stuff people were into, their credit card information, the most important stuff. And it's all been leaked. And the hackers have one simple demand. Take your website down. Interesting uh, thing that came out of uh, that came out of this hack. It actually just came out yesterday. In our nation's capital, Ottawa, <laughs> Ontario, one in five people in Ottawa there's only 800,000 or so people living in Ottawa. 150,000 of them are registered at Ashley Madison. This is including, you know, of that 800,000, many of those are children. Of the 150,000 registered at Ashley Madison, none of them are children. Um, so about a quarter of all adults in our nation's capital are screwing around, or at least want to screw around. Kind of figures, eh, given it being, the, being that's where the government is. Yeah, I'm just surprised it's Canada's, but yeah, I know that is a brutal, brutal statistic. Okay, apparently that just came through to David Kong over here. (laughs) Dave, uh, two words here, mid-February. You've ever been to Ottawa in February, dude? (laughs) You know what? I went to university in Ottawa, so yes, I have been there. Okay, so you get it. It's cold. You went to university. Uh, 2003, I started in there. Uh, or no, 2003, 93, sorry. Sorry, 93. Oh, I'm older than I think I am. Oh, 93, okay. Were you at Carleton or uh, U of O? Uh, the real one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. U of O. Uh, you know what? I, I, I have to dig on Carleton. They've got the best journalism school in Canada, and they're the only university in Canada with aerospace engineering. So, like, yeah. they're, they're a fine, fine school, but... Going to the other one, I have to sort of rag on them a little bit. Yeah, I guess. It's one of those rivalry things. It's not like we have, like, football teams that play each other. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay, I see by that blinking light on my screen that we're down to, like, 30 seconds here. Last word, Dave. What do you got? Uh, You know what? The only story I have that that we could even talk about, uh, sorry, NASA's doing some awesome stuff. People look it up. Windbot. I'll just leave it at that because I can't get into what it is. Is that the name of the new planet? Uh, no, it's it's a neat uh, technology for drones that would just be awesome for exploration for uh, well for for NASA and, and for us. I know it doesn't do a search, but I just love tech stuff as well. Well, okay, <laughs> this has nothing to do with search yet, but we haven't heard the hook music, so I'm going to get it in here. They found a new planet, man. They found a habitable. But they what NASA claims is a habitable planet. And weird. And huh? I care about the Windbot. Are you kidding me? Okay. <laughs> well, okay, but Windbot, I mean, like, I, 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 the thing is, I don't know anything about it, so I couldn't go anywhere with it. it. It'll be cool. It's a way to operate satellites around planets that requires no power. Well, it generates its own power. 
That's pretty cool. And there's that hook music. Friends, you've been listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 23rd of July, 2015. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Search Marketing in Victoria, British Columbia, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media in Toronto, Ontario. We will be in our chairs next week. We're going to be bringing two of the speakers from MozCon. MozCon will live here on Webmaster Radio next week. Stick around, friends. Great content coming up on the network after the news. We'll talk to you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.